Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, Akuo. Now, last week, we kicked off our series called Who Am I? It was a great dive into how we are viewed uh, by ourselves, the way that we look at ourselves. But really, what we wanted to dig into is how God views us. Now, this week, we're going into week number two, and Pastor Sherry Richard from City Church is back with us to get into it once again. So without further ado, here is Sherry Richard. Well, hey, y'all. Last week, we kicked off um, our series, Who Am I?, where we have been digging into our identity in Christ. And what we learned last week is that the world offers us a formula to uh, tell us what our identity is. And that formula is that what I do determines who I am. So if I do good things, I must be a good person. If I do bad things, I must be a bad person, and so on and so forth. But what we discovered last week was this formula really isn't accurate, especially if we are followers of Jesus, especially if we are in Christ. No, the formula that is more accurate for us is that who I believe I am will determine what I do. So who do you believe that you are? Last week, we ended our time together with some affirmation statements, and I want us to start our time today with these statements. And so you can say these with me, you can kind of reflect over them, whatever works for you, but we're going to go through these together. And so the first one is, I have been made new. I am a saint. I am complete in Christ. I am united with the Lord. I am God's child, and I am Christ's friend. If you happened to miss last week's message, I encourage you to go and check that out, watch that video, because understanding your identity in Christ can absolutely change your life. And so now, today we're going to ask another important question, a question that you may have had if you watched the message last week. And that is, if what I do doesn't determine who I am, then does it matter what I do? Does it matter how I live my life? Does it matter how I treat others? Does it matter uh, how I live out my unique purpose? Does it matter what I do? And if we get down to the nitty gritty of it, this is a question about sin. And so that's what we are going to talk about today is sin. Now, sin may not be a word that comes up every day, like in your daily conversations. It is a word that I use a lot. It's kind of an occupational hazard, not like in a judgy way, but I have the opportunity to talk to a lot of folks um, about their questions about sin. And what I've discovered is everyone's questions tend to fall in about one of four categories. The first question I see really often is, is this sin? Is this particular thing, sin, that I'm doing, or maybe that I'm thinking about doing, or that maybe I'm asking about for a friend, right? Is this sin? The second question that comes up very often is, have I sinned too much? Are there some sins that are too big for God to forgive? The third question that I, that I get, and one that's been really important in my own life, is why can't I stop? 
Why do I continue to do the things that I don't want to do? Why do I continue slipping back into my cycles of sin or my cycles of addiction or anger? Why can't I stop? And the last question, the question that we are going to answer today is, does it matter? If I am in Christ, if I have been forgiven of my sins, past, present, and future, does it matter what I do? So the Apostle Paul wrote a huge chunk of our Christian scriptures, and all of his writings are in the form of letters, letters that he would write to different areas and different groups of believers and followers of Jesus to help guide them and help them figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus. And sin is a topic that Paul talks about often, but where he talks about it the most by far is in his letter to the Romans. But before we jump in, I want us to look at something we looked at last week. I want us to look at how Paul addresses his letter to the Romans. All right, let's look at this. It is Romans 1, 7, and this is what it says. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. Because they had believed in Jesus, their identity was as saints, not as sinners. Because Paul understands something that we need to hold tightly to. And that's when we have believed in Jesus, when we are in Christ, our identity is no longer sinner, but saint. And if we can start from that foundation, we can have a very real conversation about sin today. Now, typically when we have difficult questions, we want quick and simple answers to those questions, but that's not what we're going to do today because that isn't going to serve us. Instead, we are going to take a thoughtful approach to sin because that's what Paul does in his letter to the Romans. And so to get us started, Paul goes back to all the way to the beginning of when sin entered our world. And so let's jump in to Romans 5, 12. And this is what it says. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And so let's break this down. All right, this first part, sin entered the world. Now, most of the time when I think about the sin of Adam and Eve, I think about it in terms of disobedience. Like God said, don't do this, and they did it anyway. And that's a pretty good definition of sin, is disobedience. However, I want us to take a larger approach because I think there's something more fundamental here that is going to really help us. And so when Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they were like sheep who were cared for perfectly by their shepherd. Their needs were met in perfection, not just their physical needs, but also their emotional needs, like their need for belonging, their need for safety and security, their need for significance, legitimate needs that each and every one of us have. Their needs were met perfectly. But then the serpent came. Satan came, and he convinced Adam and Eve that their needs were not being met perfectly. He enticed them to try to meet their needs independently of God, and that is when sin entered the world. Sin at its core is a wrong attempt to meet our legitimate needs. All right, sin at its core is us trying to meet our needs independently of God. Because Satan's ploy in our world will always be to try to get us to act independently of God. 
So let's look at the next part of this verse. It says, Adam's sin brought death. Now, death here isn't only physical death, although that would come eventually. It is also spiritual death. Spiritual death is our separation from God. And Adam and Eve's sin separated them from God. All right, if they were, if we kind of hold on to this sheep analogy, they were separated from the voice of their shepherd. They before, they were like sheep under the care of a good shepherd, and now they were separated from their shepherd. They could no longer hear his voice. They could no longer be in fellowship with him. Sin separated them from the voice of their shepherd. Let's look at the last part of this verse. So death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. And this legacy, this legacy of sin, this legacy of separation became ours. We have all been spiritually dead, separated from the voice of our shepherd. And a sheep without a shepherd will wander. It will go out into the wilderness in a wrong attempt to meet its legitimate needs. It'll cross into wolf-infested territory. It'll go into dangerous ravines at its own peril because all it can see is its need to meet those basic and legitimate needs that it has. And you and I, we're almost exactly the same. We wander out into the wilderness in a wrong attempt to meet our legitimate needs of belonging, of significance, of safety and security. I think about belonging with me for a minute. Y'all, we will do almost anything to feel like we belong somewhere. We'll have revolving doors of relationships. We'll have casual sex or pornography may be a part of our lives because a screen can't reject you. We may say placing our identity in things like politics or our jobs. We may see ourselves finding ourselves in toxic relationships and codependency because we will do almost anything to feel like we belong. And our need for significance, it leads us to ladder climbing and endless educational pursuits, objectifications of others to inflate our own egos, all right? Constantly trying to prove ourselves. Our need for significance is a legitimate need. And when we try to meet that need independently of God, it can turn into all kinds of toxic behaviors. Our need for safety and security, y'all, leads us to, uh, to walling off all right, we struggle to be vulnerable because it makes us feel like we, like we might be able to get hurt. And so we wall off so that we can feel safe and secure. Our need for safety and security can also lead us to things like addiction, whether it's the smallest devices to the most serious and extreme of addictions. We will do almost anything to numb ourselves so that we can feel safe and secure. Remember, sin at its core is a wrong attempt at meeting our legitimate needs. Sin at its core is us trying to meet our needs independently of God. Are you allowing God to meet your legitimate needs of belonging, of safety and security, of significance? Or are you out in the wilderness trying to meet those needs independently of your shepherd? And so after sin entered the world, God's love didn't, for his children did not waver. But he could see the pain that came with them trying to meet their needs independently of him. He could see the pain that it caused themselves and that it caused others. And so God designed a way to protect people from themselves. 
He created a way for there to be healthy boundaries. And that was the law. So let's look at this next verse. Right, this is Romans 5, 20. And this is what it says. It says, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. Now, this sounds extremely negative on the surface, but think through this with me for just one moment. All right, the law here is like a sheepdog. A sheepdog's job is to show sheep where they should go, where they should go, and sometimes more importantly, where they shouldn't go. The job of a sheepdog is to drive sheep towards their shepherd. But here's the thing we need to recognize. Sheep do not like sheepdog. All right, they nip at them, they bite at them, they bark at them to try to guide them where they need to go. However, the presence of sheepdog is actually a very good thing for sheep because sheepdog don't just intuitively show up where sheep are. No, sheepdog are brought by a loving shepherd who desires to guide his sheep, who desires to keep his sheep safe and cared for. The presence of sheepdog is a very good thing, but as good as a sheepdog is at its job, a sheepdog cannot change the nature of the sheep. It can only alter its behavior. In the same way, God's children without a relationship with him could not hear his voice. And so God created the law, whether that's the Ten Commandments or other laws that we find in the books in our Jewish scriptures. All right, the law showed them what to do. It showed them also, sometimes more importantly, what not to do. But just like the sheepdog cannot alter or change the heart or the nature of a sheep, the law was the same way. The law, as good as it was, could not change the human heart. And this is so important that we, can re that we recognize this. Because just forcing ourselves to do the right thing cannot change our hearts. Checking all of the boxes cannot tell you who you are. Following the rules cannot provide you your identity. And doing enough good things cannot fulfill your deepest needs. These are all examples of the fact that what I do cannot define who I am. The law, whether it's the law that you find in scripture, kind of the rules that you put in your own life or the laws that are put on you by our world, they may be good laws, great things that help us alter our behaviors, to help us do the right thing, but they cannot change our hearts. They cannot tell us who we are. So let's look at this next verse together. All right, so this is the next part of Romans 5.20. It's kind of the end part of this. And it says, But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. All right, let's imagine for a moment together a sheep that's escaped its pen. It's gone out into the wilderness in a wrong attempt to meet its needs. It's darted between the dogs and has gone out into the wilderness at its own peril. A good shepherd, a good shepherd's search will always be an equal measure to that sheep's wandering. So if a sheep wanders a mile, a good shepherd will wander a mile, will go a mile to go and find that sheep and bring it back into his pasture. 
All right, if a sheep wanders five miles, a good shepherd will go five miles to retrieve that sheep. If a sheep goes into a dangerous ravine, a good shepherd will go into a dangerous ravine to go and find that sheep and bring it back. All right, a good shepherd's, a good shepherd's search will always be in equal measure to a sheep's wandering. And this is exactly what Jesus does for us. This is why Jesus calls himself a good shepherd, because this is what he does. He's a shepherd who knows his sheep and whose sheep know him. They know his voice and can follow him. He is a shepherd that would leave the 99 in the flock to go and rescue the one. He is a shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep, whose grace is always enough to care, to cover our wandering. Because of Jesus, we are not defined by our wandering. We are defined by the love of our Savior. All right, you need to hear that again because in Jesus, we are not defined by our wandering. We are defined by the love of our Savior. Let's look at this next verse together. This is Romans 5, 21. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought to them death, now God's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So I want us to notice two things together. Look right here. Sin ruled. Past tense. When Adam and Eve chose to wrongly meet their needs independently of God, sin entered the world and it ruled our world. It left us wandering and fighting to meet our needs in all the wrong places. But look here, it says grace rules, present tense. Grace rules because Jesus, our good shepherd, has led us back to himself. And so Paul has just given us a history of sin from where it started all the way to the incredible grace that we find in Jesus. And so here we are finally going to get to the answer of our question today. Doesn't matter what I do. Let's look at Romans 6, 1 and 2. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? All right, this is like a sheep who's wandered the countryside trying to meet its needs independently of its shepherd. All right, it's malnourished. It's lived without shelter for so long. It's fought, had to fight to find food and to find water. Its wool is probably matted and just an absolute hot mess. All right, but then it's found by its shepherd and it's lovingly carried back into the fields, into the pastures of its shepherd where its needs are met perfectly and without any kind of flaws. And so the question that we have to answer is this, can that sheep still wander? Not should it wander, can it wander? Yes, absolutely it can. It can go and it can cross boundaries that are meant to keep it safe. It can go and dart between the dogs. It can go and do what it's always done to survive. It can go out into the world in a wrong attempt to meet its needs. But why would it? 
If its needs are being met perfectly, why would it go back to that life? You and I in our sin, we wandered through our lives trying to meet our needs independently of God. But when we believe in Jesus, when we are in Christ, we are found by our good shepherd. And he lovingly takes us back to his pastor. He lovingly makes it where we can hear his voice and where we can know him, where we can take our on our identity in Christ. Our needs can be met perfectly. And so here's the question we have to ask. Can we wander? Not should we wander. Can we wander? Absolutely, we can. We can wander back into the wilderness in a wrong attempt to meet our very legitimate needs. We can cross boundaries that are meant to keep us safe. We can continue to walk around the world trying to do whatever it is that we want to do. Yes, you absolutely can. But why? What I do does not determine who I am. But who I believe I am will determine what I do. Who do you believe that you are? When we continue to make the choice to live like sin still rules in our lives, when we continue to try to wrongly meet our needs independently of God, then we need to question what it is that we believe about ourselves. What is it that you believe about yourself? Are you living like sin rules in your life? Or are you living like grace rules in your life? Are you living like you are a sinner or are you living like you are a saint? Are you living like you are alive in Christ or are you living like you are dead in sin? Are you letting the world define what is good, right, and true in your life? Are you letting God determine what is good, right, and true in your life? Are you following what it is that God has for you? Are you following the voice of your shepherd? Or are you following your own feet? Because guys, if we are in Christ, if we have believed in Jesus, but we continue to find ourselves over here, we do not have a sin problem. We have an identity problem. If you believe in Jesus, if you are in Christ, but you continue to find yourselves going back to your cycles of sin, going back to your anger, going back to your addictions, if you find yourself continuing to hurt yourself and to hurt the people around you, the people that you love, you do not have a sin problem. You have an identity problem. What I do does not determine who I am, but who I believe I am will determine what I do. Who do you believe that you are? Ruled by sin or ruled by grace? A sinner or a saint? A child of God or a child of our world? A lost sheep or a sheep that's been found by a good shepherd. This is why what we do matters. Not because what we do determines who we are, but because what we do is a direct reflection of what we believe about ourselves.
in the face of sin, in the face of us trying to meet our needs independently of God, we are called to repentance. And repentance, so very often when you hear it defined, people talk about it as turning away from our sin. And this is accurate, but I think that it is only half the story. And I think it's the less important half of the story. Because yes, repentance is us turning away from our sin. But more importantly, it is us turning towards God. It is us turning towards and accepting our identity in Christ. It is us following the voice of our shepherd and not us following our own feet. And so we are called to repent and that is what we are going to do today. We are going to turn our attention to who we are in Christ. Because that identity, it didn't come easily, it didn't come for free, that identity was purchased at a price. And so let's step in to that identity today. And so in a moment, we are going to do a, a prayer and a moment of repentance together. But before we do that, I want us to read some statements together about who you are in Christ. Let's read these together. It says, I have re been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am free from condemnation. I cannot be separated from the love of God. No, you can't, not even in your wondering. I cannot be separated from the love of God. And I can find grace and mercy in my time of need. Yes, you can. And so right now, I want to pray with you. And I'm going to pray for a moment, and then we are going to spend about two minutes just reflecting and my prayer is that you in that two minutes would reflect and you would allow God to impress on you in what ways you need to turn towards him, in what ways you need to depend on him, in what ways you need to allow him to meet your legitimate needs of belonging, safety, and security, and significance, because he deeply desires to meet those needs in your life. You don't have to wander your good shepherd is here to meet those needs. And so let's pray together. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that your love is not dependent on our wandering. We thank you that we do not have to be defined by our wandering, but we can be defined by the love of our Savior. God, right now, we ask your forgiveness, God. God, we repent. We ask your forgiveness for the ways that we are trying to independently meet our needs, God. The way that we are trying to meet the needs that you have a desire to meet in our lives, God. And I pray right now that you would just permeate our hearts, God, and that you would show each and every one of us a way, if not multiple ways, God, that we can turn toward you, to meet our needs because you're, you desire to do that. And so now let's spend a moment together reflecting and praying that God would reveal to us how we need to depend on him today.
God, thank you for your mercy and for your grace in our lives. God, right now, I pray that we would believe what it is that you say about us. I pray that even in the midst of our doubts that you would continue to impress upon us, even when we're done watching today, impress upon us the ways that we need to turn towards you as an act of repentance. God, just help us to remember that what we do does not determine who we are, that we cannot good behavior our way into purpose and contentment, that we cannot just check, checking the boxes does not give us that fulfillment that you can, God. No, those are behavior modifications, God, but in you, we can take on a new identity, not dependent on our wandering, but by the love of our Savior. We love you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Okay, well, all of you join me in giving it up for Sherry. If you're watching live online right now, just throw some excited emojis out there for her. You know, you can get one of those. You can get, like, the cascarone with the, with the, the little sprinkles falling out of there. Uh, you know, you can get some explosions. You get, get some of those going. Just say thank you to Sherry. So, Sherry, thank you so much for your message today. We love and appreciate you. Now, before we go, there are a few things that I do need to update you on. The first thing is something that I feel like I've been talking about for weeks, and I think I'm gonna be talking about for weeks moving forward. It's this idea of how we are linking to our community. So the church can do something, a kuo can do things where we connect with Cam, where we uh, you know, get, bring in backpacks, where we will bring in uh, different things for our community, where we show up for a parade. But what I want you guys to be doing is personally looking at your own community, taking a look at what's happening around you, thinking about the things that you are passionate about, and then living that out. Now, it could be something like, you know, you're seeing that your neighbor needs grass cut, or, or you could see that uh, some of your unsheltered friends are going without waters. Whatever it might be, I want you to find it. I want you to dig into it, and I want you to follow God leading you there. Now, from there, what I want you to do is tell us about it. And Akua will go and help you link to your community. It could be with resources. We could uh, you know, help you out and paying for some of the things that you need to get done. It could be with people. I don't know, but whatever it is, I want you to reach out to us when you have found it. To do that, you can email me directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church. Now, I am so looking forward to being able to hear how you will be linking to our community, and I can't wait to see the impact that you will help make on the people around you. Now, the next thing I'd like to do is talk about the ways that we can be generous, sacrificially generous here at Akuo. Now, just real quick, when you guys are generous here with us at Akuo, it goes towards us helping resource things happening in the, in the community. It goes towards us taking care of our kids and cool kids every single week. It goes towards us making our communities better. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, one of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering in the storehouse, which is your local church. That could be where you start, but no matter what, what I want you to be doing is talking to God, listening to the Lord, and asking Him what He wants you to be giving. Now, sacrificial giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family. I get it. Uh, inflation's going crazy. GDP things are going low. Things are just messing our money up left and right. Uh, and what I want to be doing is be linked to you during a time 
where you're having issues, where you're having trouble. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs some help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and then click on the Contact Us link. You can also send us an email at help at akuo.church, or you can call or text the church at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing and able to give here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. It's one of the easiest ways to do that. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text AKUO, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your gift through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your check to AKUO at P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, y'all, that's all that I have for you today. Uh, before we go, I just want you to know that I love each and every one of you, and our Akuo team will be praying for each and every one of you, and I want to encourage you, as we go throughout the week, to be praying for your Akuo community and the people that are in your greater community around you. So before we get out of here, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus, I thank you for how you've been moving. I thank you for the way that you've been speaking to these people, and I pray that as they leave here today, they would understand who they are better than they ever have before. I pray that they would be able to understand you better than they ever have before. And I pray that you would be speaking to them better than they have ever heard you speak before, Lord. We thank you for everything, and we love you, and we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.